Hello, welcome to coopgaming.info podcast. We haven't done this in a long time. Yeah, we I had got a long Bernie hiatus. Here. Let's see if we can get a coup. <laughs> oh no, he doesn't want to. No. Come on, alright, he's flying away. Bird, hop up. Oh yeah, try uh, to get Oh man, oh, there he goes. <laughs> so, no cooing today. Um, updates, let's see. I think we got a lot of stuff on the website since last time we did this, but we, we just haven't done any podcasts or recording in a while. Let's see. We right. got it's well it's been at least three months since we've done one of oh these. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> yeah. So we got some stuff on the website about Code Vein, just about playing co op. Then an article about getting lost. You can read about getting lost in a game in which you'll probably get lost if you try to play it. Right, if you if you yourself try to play <laughs> Code Vein, you'll definitely get lost. I, unless you're just much higher level than us in every way, I would Unless say. you're a maze master. He's yeah, yeah, if you, if you, like, if you spent your whole life doing those crappy little mazes where you draw a pen through, like, a really complex crappy maze then i can't i can't even <laughs> imagine how much you would enjoy code vein if yeah, that's the yeah. case <laughs> uh let's see what other stuff oh um we're also if you're watching this on youtube we're trying a new format where we oh we're just we're we're basically putting <laughs> a video of our gameplay john's oh, gameplay well yeah mine i guess over um or as the main scene in in the or in the scene on video so so it does two things first of all you can see some of the crappy game we're about to talk about oh but yeah yeah secondly i, you I meant to say the topic today star wars battlefront 2 battlefront 2 yeah so you can see a little bit of the game but you also don't have to look at our big faces in in yeah huge talking vision. about a game instead of showing anything from it right right so i don't know our technology is advancing yeah yeah oh yeah so what oh other things on the website we put i think we put a little article about how crappy the flying in anthem actually is compared to like an actual spaceship game like starlink which we were playing for a while where it's designed for you to fly around and shoot stuff while you're flying around and it's not like a weird little crappy add-on that your character kind of can do and what else was there mm, boy uh i don't know we haven't oh yeah we put that about ghost oh, break recon breakpoint ghost point. recon breakpoint which <coughs> that that could have been a whole podcast episode in and, in and of, of itself, itself yeah. because we tried to play Breakpoint. I mean, we we spent like ninety bucks or whatever <laughs> on the uh, on the deluxe edition, thinking we were gonna just like love the game. And Bad we move. yeah Bad we move. tried we tried getting into it three three separate times, separate and distinct attempts to kind of get into Breakpoint, and we just we couldn't do it, man. We <laughs> it's like. Yeah, so I, that, that article kind of... Yeah, yeah it, it goes over, like, I guess what our problems are <coughs> with the game. And and yet, at the end of the day, I don't know if I would call that a bad game, but just... No, it, I, yeah, I think if you got really into it and you just wanted a shooting game, and I think there's probably a lot of weapons you could really enjoy down the line. and Right, but but at the end of the day, if you had to 
kind of rate the fun factor of a game, I'd say Breakpoint was low. Every like, other I'd game that we've turned on. Every other right, game right. in the oh, yeah, like we, three, four months. Right, we mentioned in the article that um, after maybe our second attempt at you know, getting into Breakpoint again, because we played Ghost Recon Wildlands, we got that um, PlayStation Year in Review thing recently, and that was our second most played game of 2019 behind Fortnite. Yeah, which was so, surprising to me. I didn't even right. think we played Fortnite that long. Yeah, me neither. And but I, then I thought Wildlands was over too fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so we played Fortnite for a total of two, two more hours than Wildlands. Wow. So, but yeah, so I'd say I had a much better time in Wildlands than Fortnite. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we For, thought... Oh, Fortnite we, saved the world. We oh, right. Yeah, not doing. Fortnite Battle Royale. Or, yeah, I we guess there's probably more PvP modes now. Like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. we might enjoy that <clears throat> 50 versus 50 Fortnite team battle. Like, that... You know, we played we played Battlefront. We yeah, now that we've been playing these shooter games, I keep trying to figure out like why we never could really enjoy the Fortnite PvP. Well, we never we never gave it an honest try, and that's I, I'm true, defining that's true. an honest try to be one where we both sat down, we got to play together, and actually play it for like any amount of time. We never played it together. That we never played the PvP mode together at all. I. I, yeah, we did. We tried it a couple times after we had played the PvE. Oh, but what really? I'm trying to I say is, that. compared to these <laughs> other games, I think maybe in all the Fortnite modes, doesn't like the storm shrink and all the players end up in the same spot? Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty That's the common premise of it. Right, yeah, yeah. right. But Anyway, I think maybe that, that uh, like, map mechanic maybe... Right, it's somehow a little disagreeable it, to me compared to these other games. At least, I know, but I I still games. think we should at least try it. Or, All right, yeah, okay, okay we could try right, it sometime. Right. We got to get back on topic. Okay. Here. Yeah, so so we we got on a sidetrack because of of men I mentioned the PS4 year in review. That that was a great little thing, oh, by yeah, the way. Yeah. They it, it was a lot better than I got like Google year in review and oh, it was right. all these pictures it's of like strip malls in the local area. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, You've been to McDonald's on Ashland Avenue. Nice Yeah, day. yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, um Wildlands was our second most played game of twenty nineteen. We thought we would love Ghost Recon Breakpoint. We couldn't get into it at all. Oh we, yeah, so check right. check that stuff out on the website, I guess. Right. It's if you just go to the main page. In fact, I should have put like a overlay with with the URL of our website on this, but that'll be for next time <laughs> if there is a next time. So. But, but yeah, the the review for Breakpoint is on the home page of the website, or if you click yeah, reviews. Yeah, and if it's I think there. pretty much every reviewer panned it, so it's not like anyone really needs to oh, read right. like a very <laughs> a right, very late published old yeah yeah of the reasons <laughs> we kind of panned it, I guess. Yeah, like maybe our reasons are better than everyone else's reasons for hating it, but or worse. Yeah, or, or worse. But in general, <coughs> everyone seemed to. At least be as nonplussed as we kind of were. Right, right, and it also made me think that before like buying a game, I should kind of look at the reviews. And at least if it's like an expensive game, 
unless we know for some reason that we're gonna love it, oh, yeah, yeah. we should actually kind of just like follow rational consumer behavior where <laughs> <laughs> that was a game that was panned by almost everybody. Everybody said it wasn't worth the 60 bucks. And of course, it's been on sale twice now oh, yeah, for like yeah, half off. Cheap. Come on, we gotta get back on topic. Okay, okay. You, you've been <laughs> freaking showing Star Wars now and babbling for like five minutes. Right, and we haven't right. even begun to talk about it. And then the, the notes I have here, we were gonna go over a couple of the games we played briefly, give a oh, quick yeah, take. So we're yeah. still not gonna talk about Star Wars. Just front loading the front of this gabbering. But okay, games we've played in the meanwhile <laughs> that I think that we haven't. Uh, we didn't get put a bunch of reviews or content about them. Um, okay, so going through here, it makes me realize how long it's been since we did this. We played Far Cry, New Dawn, and Far Cry is at 5. Far Cry 5, that's right. So my hot take here is play it for the hunting, <laughs> which to me was like the real uh, differenti differentiating factor here and thing that made this game like cool and fun. You go around the map or whatever doing your quests and stuff, but... It, and it's like an open world game, but what really uh, distinguished it for me is that everywhere you travel in this open world, you can call animals to you <laughs> and hunt them in this like really right, ridiculous right. fashion. Yeah. Or you could fish too. Yeah, I, I also have too. fond memories of the fishing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was be way better than the fishing in other games we've played, like ESO, where you're actually just oh, right. sitting there. Yeah, it was a much better, uh, a higher level fishing <laughs> simulator, I guess. Where it actually was kind of like a game, but looking back at this game, I just remember how cool it was to be like walking through the woods and you throw these like little crappy hunks of bait, and then it was like kind of constant target practice. Oh, but it's not for nothing because those skins oh, of the right. animals. It, yeah, yeah. As far as games go, both Far Cry's had what I would consider great kind of miniature game economies. Yeah, Where yeah. as you engaged with the game, and you kept playing it, you you yourself began to really value... In Far Cry 5, it was money. In Far oh, Cry yeah. New Dawn, they <laughs> changed the system to be... Um, Ethanol or whatever it was. Well, it was supplies. Oh, so yeah. there was, like, gears, um, I don't know... Duct tape. Duct tape, right. Uh, and then, like, higher-level supplies. And so each different animal would drop a different supply Oh, or yeah, that's right. And then when you start making, like, the elite guns, you need titanium right, or something. And, and you have to, like, kill legendary Yeah, yeah, animals. and you have to search the map for these legendary animals. And so, so you know, Far Cry 5 and Far Cry New Dawn are two separate games. But the whole first half of Far Cry New Dawn, where our guns were underpowered compared to the animals, and the animals were legitimately oh, dangerous yeah. and could kill you. Was just a ton Right, of I feel like that was actually one of the high points of that game. Yeah, yeah. When your where guns you're actually were terrified of running right. into a bear in the yeah, woods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because could, it could mean the end. Yeah, or you could um, call, if you, if you threw the bait down and like a cougar came and your guy really couldn't kill it and it would kill you in two hits it was kind of it was like an enthralling kind of oh yeah game and we experience. had an advantage playing together too because if you were in single player you would depend on like your npc companion oh, to right, be right. shooting the animal off you <laughs> but uh oh yeah okay so other games we've played here we played Starlink, kind of like a game for kids. Oh, yeah. Starlink Battle for Atlas. So the big selling point of that game was 
um, <laughs> these little plastic toys were being sold in the stores that were little oh, replicas yeah, we of the spaceships. And they somehow attached to the controllers. There was a special controller attachment that I think you could have bought for like 30 bucks. And it made it wow. so you could swap wow. out the weapons and the ship onto your little controller. And it would swap in the game. Which is, when you describe it, it sounds awesome. But but uh, I think that was a big failure and they lost a lot of money on that. Oh. Because <laughs> there were a lot, there were news reports saying that they were like pulling them from the stores and oh. the people involved were kind of like no longer with the company. And so wow. Well that right. makes sense because it's like this plastic garbage and you already have this controller and like gaming system. Right and, and it, it wasn't like, uh, I feel like if they did something similar for Pokemon that might actually be a success, but there's actually nobody out... To turn out the controller into an adorable Pokemon? Right, or, <laughs> you know, if you could swap Pokemon with little figures, I could imagine that being a huge success. Huh. But, you know, who knows what these Starlink guys are? It was, like, it was a weak property. Oh, yeah, yeah. It... No one's, like, imagination was captured by it, so... Anyway, oh, it, so quick take yeah. on this game. This game was kind of a lot of fun. You we had, had we had to play it in split screen. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a split screen co-op game. So if you're looking for split screen games, that might attract you to it. But you have this like fleet of pilots, and you're kind of like leveling them up, and then there's like a huge selection of weapons, so you can swap your weapons on the ship. So it's really more a game of like collecting and leveling up these like different weapons and characters. Right, and <coughs> it, I mean, Starlink was kind of like a strange little game because they had many different modes for you to play in. So one was the on the world where your ship actually kind of traversed the globe like a little man, like a fast like little a man. Hovercraft. Right, it was like a hovercraft, mm -hmm. and you had a jump. And there were little, like, groups of mobs sitting all around the map and little goals and different, like, tiers of, of stuff you could do. Yeah. And then there was the actual star, like, space battle portion space of it. Mode. Which, that was kind of well done, too. Remember, we would be vaguely just drifting in space, moving from, yeah, you from would, prize to prize. You would drift in space searching for your space crap to help level right, your weapons right. and stuff, and, and then teams of outlaws would kind of come. Oh yeah, and, and you would go in hyperdrive, <laughs> and, and outlaws would intercept you, yeah, and yeah. what have you, so yeah, there was like a lot going on in it. It was a lot of fun, I think it got kind of repetitive because when you're on that planet that was like my comment on it why i think we like fell off oh i think right this was a game where we made a mistake and we went around mining stuff and like upgrading everything and then it said kind of oh, like in Division we spent two, time on the yeah where they, where they were like oh now it's like been taken over so you have to like mine and upgrade everything oh, all over right again. that's like a common ubisoft trick oh, yeah, too, it's where ubisoft trick. you spend a bunch of time <laughs> influencing <laughs> the state of the open world yeah and then you progress then a little bit in the, yeah <laughs> it, you progress a little bit in the game and it all you know like the enemies invade or whatever and and then it's the chance for you to do it again yeah and, at that and point there's, like, there's uh, right there's like a limit to your patience I already because farms yeah, yeah. Like and pollen it, right. or whatever they were and it game. wasn't too fun to like 
farm convert the whole map in the first place, <laughs> and then they're telling you you get to do it again. But that was our but fault for just not advancing. Oh the right, we could have advanced quickly faster. as we possibly could. So right. Oh, and and that brings me to the controller. So we were playing split screen. Wait. Wait, yeah, wait, wait a second on the controller. Let's get through this first. We're okay, almost done sure, here. Sure. Okay, Code Vein, your hot take. I said, we'll suck the joy from your soul. For every <laughs> ounce of fun you have, two ounces of joy can suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, boy, I don't. Code Vein, I feel like I did have a lot of fun playing yeah. it. Um, there was uh, a point where I felt like we were progressing our characters in the game at the same time that our skills at the game were improving. Oh, yeah. So Code Vein is a Souls-like game, meaning you have to dodge a lot and, and avoid attacks. And avoid damage and not right. let damage right. occur to and your Right, it was a lot softer, though, even than Dark Souls, because you had heals and you had the NPC mm -hmm. who rezzed you and everything. So I, I feel like it it was the downfall of so many of those Japanese games where the gameplay was fun and engaging, but everything around it kinda is it was taxing. Right, it was taxing. I feel like the administration was done poorly, the like the UI was It took me forever. Remember how long it took me to even understand like what was going on with the skills and the passives and all that. Oh, right, right. Because I didn't have a passive. Yeah, yeah, like, so there's a class in the game, and Genevieve Man, when we first opened that game, no it, was, it was completely bewildering. Right, It was completely right. bewildering. Right, but, you know, the other thing is it had, um, the multiplayer was very awkward, yeah. and there were, you know, you could play in such a way that everything falls apart and you can no longer even play together anymore like oh, yeah, that's yeah. actually <laughs> where we stopped playing is we each had to complete about an hour of gameplay in single player so it, it's like another thing where the game was still pretty pretty fun and yeah. it's like the actual the act of playing it wasn't was easy. kind of a drag. Right, right. And not something you necessarily look forward right. to. Right. At and least if we didn't at the time we stopped. Yeah, and if you like if you think about it, we had problems with like the map and then oh, yeah. there was the skill and class progression that actually ground to a halt and became impossible because we hadn't collected the proper vestiges mm -hmm. and then that kind of cascaded with being irritated at how difficult it was to navigate the maps themselves and so you know it's like another Japanese game where they're asking so much from you as a player and you're not getting like a great return on that you're just kind of but i wanted to say too for me who's trashier than you when we finally beat some of those bosses like i didn't even feel too good about it in other games like i have you know we gotta try to beat the boss over and over again you fail a bunch of times and you do it i feel like other games i've felt a modest happiness at beating a boss but not in code <laughs> oh right well <laughs> So I feel like a lot of those Souls-like games are a lot like that too, but often 
beating the boss really just comes down to memorizing the attacks and then cheesing as much damage as you can in as short a time frame as you can. So it's <laughs> it's just weird because it's it's not like a great model for the bosses, but also a lot of those times we'd be like fighting a boss and how we did on it would come down to like how many seconds of uninterrupted damage I oh, was like yeah, getting yeah. on the boss. I know that's all true. Right, and I don't know. It's so real fast. Moving on here, I think the last game we spent some time in Battlefield One. You're and not five. talking into the mic. Battlefield I can't. One and Five. Quick take. Go. <laughs> uh, it's well, there's such different games too. I mean, between One and Five. Right. I'll give my quick Okay, take. go ahead. Serious players only. <laughs> That's what I say about these games. If you're, if you're not competent with what's going on, you're just going to be wiped off the map right. over uh, and over again. Yeah, I, so Battlefield 1 and 5. 1 way more than 5. 5 was more like a jokey game. Well, sure, but, but you, you could die just as much oh, and yeah, often yeah. in Battlefield 5 as you could in 1. So... You know, I I feel like it's hard to say, like, oh, we played Battlefield 1 and 5, but we were playing specifically those, like, 64-player maps. That's right, yes. And if you played another mode, like an uh, 8 versus 8 map, I do think the experience would be much different. Yeah. But, so speaking to Battlefield 1 and 5 on those 64-player maps, they they're hard games to be successful in and you have to kind of like you have to first you have to know the maps you have to know where the enemies are you have to know how to spot the enemies you have to be quick on the draw and you know one of the the selling points of battlefield if you go on like reddit and see people enjoy that you die quick mm -hmm. and that it's easy to die and you so it's easy to kill enemies too so if you're not that good at it, there's like there's so many aspects of the game that that are actually difficult to improve at that you also that will it'll just kick your ass essentially. So, you know, it's kind of fun to play like the Zergi War Simulator, but at the same time, most of what you're doing is just getting you're putting your little guy in a meat grinder. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty fun. Um, I well, I say it was serious players only because in order to participate and get like a kill, you have to be at the top of the pile of being able to see the enemy. First of all, uh, shoot him accurately. Second of all, and uh, kind of keep your own guys safe. Third of all. Right. You're right, never gonna get like a lucky easy kill. That's why I say it's like right. And there's like a lot that. that goes into that, and and you know you you die a lot in Battlefield, and I mean maybe if you're better, it's different. But there aren't as many like highs or like high points of the game where you you like do something good or you you know it's hard. It's in Battlefield. It's hard even to influence that map. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. So, um, playing all these games, then 
starting at Christmas, finally getting to the topic at hand. That was too much. Let's not do that next time. Well, well let's that not was wait. Your idea. I know. Well, let's not wait four, five, six months before making another one of these. How about? Not that. Uh, anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh. Getting into what's at hand here. Star Wars, which is You're we've been Christmas. We started as Christmas noobs, weren't we? Yeah. I. Well, I guess it was on sale for the holiday. Yeah, we were Christmas noobs. Yeah, so so we've been we playing it since Christmas. Right. So what's today is January the eighteenth or so, so around there. So we've been playing it for twenty days, I guess. Yeah. So we're not about even maybe twenty five, right? But, uh, so, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is that game. It's been playing here. I see on the screen right now, I see... You're being a saber guy there? Yeah, this Yoda. He's Looks blocking. Looks like you're taking some damage. He, blocking. No, he's okay. running around. Okay, so... So why did we get so into this game? This was the first PvP game we've played since ESO, I guess, that we got really excited to play the PvP right, right. and, and just like we, had a ton of fun right off the bat right, and kind of like loved it. Right, so I, I mean I feel like we should just give some background first, like what is Battlefront 2? Like I didn't, you know, it's, it's Oh like yeah, that, we didn't know. John kept saying he wanted to turn it on. Star Wars I was game. like, I don't want to create a I don't want to create a character. It's like a PvP game. I don't want to have to like pick his name, but <laughs> <laughs> we didn't realize it was just like one of these EA games with the same kind right, of Right, right. So, so it was so playing was. Battlefield and slightly enjoying the format of it mm -hmm. that I feel like is what made me open to trying out Star Wars Battlefront. <laughs> you know, there's like Battlefield. Yeah, yeah. I saw and Battlefront. Yeah, right. Like I don't. I I wasn't sure if it was the same company making Battlefield and like Star Wars Battlefront. I didn't know what the deal was with Star Wars Battlefront. It you know, I think if you ever go in Target, it was often a game being used to demo the PlayStation or Xbox oh. because you know it's like a branded thing. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you oh know, yeah, we're not when, Star Wars fans. Right, it's quite the opposite. Yeah, like I've always, I've never liked Star Wars. Never liked I it. think it's lame. But I think we actually tried together to watch. Not, I, don't they like release one every year now or something. Right. But well, it was one of those yeah, ones a couple years ago. There's so many Star Wars movies now. Yeah, yeah, but it was like the, everyone was so excited about it. It was a big one. Oh it, right, that, yeah. This is one of the more recent more ones recent that we ones. tried to watch, and it put and us to sleep. It was like one of the worst movies right, we've ever right, even tried to watch right. together. It was hard to watch. I it was whichever one where they like brought Harrison Ford back as Han oh, Solo yeah, yeah, or something, was. but it wasn't. It wasn't Han Solo. It was about that girl. Yeah, it was about that. Girl. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you're listening awful. to this, you know I, what we're talking I mean, about. <laughs> maybe if you're listening to this and you love that movie, tell us what we missed. I guess. Oh man, even remembering having to watch that. Right. Anyway, not Star Wars fans yeah, weren't excited about this game. Right. Never considered so, playing this game. And I feel like when you're not interested in a game, but you hear about it and you've seen like just short videos of it, it it almost puts you off from that game. Because it's just this like weird game that people are playing somewhere. But I will say that I was always seeing on Reddit people talking in the context of other games, they were saying that Star Wars Battlefront was a game that 
vastly improved after launch that solved oh. a lot of the issues that people had with it and that was now like a very good game so whenever I see a game talked about in that context I get a little bit curious about it you know mm -hmm. and that's like it's it's similar kind of talk like that that made me want to have us try Warframe so many times because oh, yeah. people have such high praise for that but uh, yeah, so <laughs> Battlefront 2, we we never played it. We were not Star Wars fans. We got it over Christmas, and we got into the PvP, and it was just like a blast. It was really fun. Yeah, we had so much fun. Uh, so reasons, I think. What's the size here? 40? So, yeah, the mode we most often play is... 20 verse 20. 20 verse 20. And this, uh, in and of itself, it's, it's, well, battle, I keep getting, I'm confused. The war game is like that too, where there's like a huge, huge, uh, engagement with huge groups of players, which is also probably why we're even playing that. But it's so great to be in a huge zergy game instead of like a 4v4. Oh right, right. And Star Wars has a 4v4 mode too. It does, which it does. maybe we'll talk about. It does, but this was the mode that like we play every night right. and like got us into it's, the game. Yeah, it's called Capital Supremacy. Yeah, yeah. Um it's it's an interesting game mode and I it's so in Battlefield one and five we were playing what they called grand operations. Which, it's interesting if you never played a PvP game like this, but it's, it's like a game mode where the same groups of players, many on each side, kind of visit and play on multiple maps mm -hmm. in, a, in a row. So in Battlefield, it's, it's like you're, you know, you invade Normandy Beach or whatever, and then you go to the next map, which is like the next phase of the invasion. So in Bal in Star Wars Battlefront, it's the mode is similar. It's called Capital Supremacy, and and the gist of it is that there's 20 players on each side. The first map is is like a battle for control points. Like everyone's probably played a game like that. Mm -hmm. And then the the side that wins the the battle for control points then goes it to the goes ship. up they like take a spaceship up to the capital ship of the enemies and attempt to destroy it which so is what's happening in the video right right this in the like video the right so in the video there's probably been like 20 minutes now where the first phase of the map came where we were these stormtrooper guys we invaded uh we won the battle on the ground and as such now our guys are going to are the in a ship in these like tunnels right and we're trying to destroy the weak point of the ship or whatever so it, there's something kind of cool about those those game modes right like where it's the same group of players fighting in different contexts mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of cool i'd say Oh yeah, I wanted to say though, let's see, I'm a Zergling, first of all, <laughs> this is why, this is why, no, I'm trying to say why I think, at least for me, 
who's who's probably who's is a Zurich. Like, why I enjoy this so much more than a four on four, especially when like getting right. well, into the game the, itself. The first thing is that in a twenty versus twenty battle, you yourself play close to your. You have almost no responsibility yeah, over yeah. whether the team wins or loses. Yeah, I'd say that's the biggest difference. Whereas in a four versus four game. And we played Star Wars 4 vs. 4, and, mm-hmm. like, I immediately started to sometimes get, like, mad at Genevieve oh, yeah, for yeah. a bad performance. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, if for I'm... Trash. Right, so, like, if if I'm, like, playing and I feel like my team is letting me down in a 4v4... You get upset. Everybody right, I get upset, upset, I start to blame, yes, and I then say the other you side did or no help. Yes, you know? the other side of that coin in games like Naruto and so many other games well I mean Naruto just had the horrific matchmaking but it's the same in Star Wars where you're gonna queue in against pre-made oh, right, groups right. That's, people it's, who are like yeah, it's on funny. Twitch chat and have been right, playing together right. for like six years yeah, we, and then what sucks so bad about it is that you can tell within a minute of the match like okay we're fucked this isn't going anywhere we're done and then you continue playing this like pathetic unbalanced match Right, like, and uh, it, it just for your own sake alone. Right, so the Star Wars four vs four had many of the same problems as the PvP in Naruto, or yeah, where yeah. you would queue in and you're going against a pre-made four-man group that who are like, all like wor- level five hundred, right, and, and they're working together on zero. voice chat. Yeah. And Genevieve does this. I do it sometimes, but the teammates. And you know, it, we're like a pickup group, right? Essentially, it's like me and Genevieve and two bozos. Mm-hmm. And the other guys on the team immediately give up. They don't try to fight. Like, or they just br- start in the cycle of dying right, and approaching right. and the so, group of right, four one by one to be killed one right, by one. Right, right. So you're already at a disadvantage because your group's not organized yeah. and you have you have lesser skills and and less experience using those skills but you know so the guys who are in the pre-made their characters are more powerful because everything is at max level yeah already they have that advantage they have the advantage of being coordinated they have the advantage of you know picking the right mix of guys they're talking on chat and then your team starts giving up. So, you know, you're not, like, playing, you know. It's just the same as if you you're, are You are keep playing queuing at, in, like, hoping, right, hoping to right. match with and another pickup group and, like, right. have a little and action it's, or something. It's also disappointing because it is fun when you go against another pickup group yeah. and it's, like, a fair fight. And that's, you know, that's a lot of the frustration is that, especially if you're queuing in on like weekend nights and stuff you're you're gonna always be facing these pre-mades in the smaller game modes Mm -hmm. so that's like kind of an irritation but but so in star wars in the 20 verse 20 i feel like that there are occasionally like small pre-mades yeah people working right people working together but still in that 20 verse 20 format you can barely notice, you yeah, know, yeah. and if, if your side loses, whether you did good is only a very small factor, so you never really get too, like, butthurt, and, you know, you never get, like, frustrated at the team's performance or or feeling like anyone else let you down because, you know, no one is making a big contribution. Yeah, you're just so, an anonymous right, right. You're like a doing your job. Right, you're just a soldier. You're a boot on the ground. And then the other thing I think about, like, uh, 
this game and the the war game battle. I need to figure it out. It's Battlefield. Battlefield. <laughs> I always think this. I always think it's Star Wars Battlefield, but it's Battlefront. Okay. When we sign into a game, we want to sit there and play the stupid game for a couple hours. I don't know, two hours, three hours. Then right. so many of those four-on-four four games, that's not what you're doing. You're just queuing. You're queuing. You play for five minutes. You queue. You play for ten minutes. You queue again. And then right. this game and Battlefield, oh, right. it that. was so refreshing to be playing for like a couple hours at a time or like these capital supremacy right, games can right, go right. on and the on. The match goes on for yeah. at least 25 minutes which is a and more often the matches go like 35 to an hour so so I well if you say the average is like 30 minutes for a capital supremacy in Star Wars Battlefront that that's such a different feeling even at 30 minutes yeah. like a 30 minute game session compared to an 8 minute game session how long and is Overwatch like 8 right uh, Overwatch is more like I'd say between 12 and 25 oh. so right and you know playing Star Wars Battlefront I thought we might enjoy Overwatch like you know we haven't tried that In earnestly either right and we never tried it together either Oh so, yeah. So I was oh. trying to say <laughs> I was trying to say though it's the length of the game plus the amount of players on the field means there's like more opportunities for every person to try again, try to do better, do something different. Right. And, uh, right. and I think that's why it's like so much more preferable. Right, but so we were talking about or you want me to say, like, what the difference was between Battlefield 1 and 5 versus, like, Star Wars Battlefront. And when we first logged into Battlefront and played the PvP mode, it was such a different game experience than Battlefield 1 or 5 Absolutely. at the same time. And that... So... Okay, in Star Wars Battlefront, it's... It's, it's interesting because we had just played Battlefield, like, I don't, I don't remember if it was Battlefield 1 or 5, we had just played it, and the first thing I noticed when we got into Star Wars is the movement of the characters was, like, slow, and the characters really stuck out in the world, and they were big, and you could target them, and then everyone kind of moved a little bit slow, and so you could aim at people, and then there was dodging, too. Mm -hmm. And there was no dodging in Battlefield. Oh, yeah, you can go Ra prone. Right, in Battlefield you can go prone, which is nice. But in Star Wars you dodge, and you move, and and so everything in Star Wars, I feel like, is, is meaningfully, like, 40% or something slower than it is in Battlefield. Oh, like, how long you live. That's why it appeals to me more. Right, but, you know, it's... In Battlefield, everything comes at you fast. Yeah. And, like, a, a bomb from a halfway across the map can end your game in just, like, a half a second, right? So, in Star Wars, you almost never just die without knowing what hit you. Like, if someone's shooting you from behind and you don't notice, like, that's one time you can die without really knowing. But, but because the mini-map was still there, so the fact that you didn't notice someone right. was behind you is, like, completely in. your own. Right, oh, yeah, right. if you're zoomed in. But was that mini-map there in Battle? 
see. And, uh, I don't. I don't, really I don't think so. I don't think you could see enemies on the mini map in Battlefield. But, but yeah. So in Star Wars, everything is slower, and so you last longer as like a player, right? And then because the enemies are moving slower, you have more opportunities to shoot at them, and. You know, I don't know what's like right or most optimal, but I feel like the time to kill in Star Wars is great. Like, you can kill an enemy by getting a few well-placed headshots, and you can kill an enemy quick, but only if you have some kind of like meaningful tactical advantage or the enemy doesn't see you. Yeah. And if if a player is kind of dodging and moving intelligently and using cover on the map, then they become incredibly difficult to kill. Mm -hmm. So, you know, beyond like the Star Wars IP and and like the the format of the game mode of Capital Supremacy or like whatever it is, because you know there's like six or eight game modes in Star Wars, right? I think that it's a very like well-tuned game. Like everything feels really kind of like nice and solid and balanced, and 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 that goes into like the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is this kind of class-based mass PvP system. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is really I, we should cool. have explained in right. simple right, terms right. how it worked first. I mean, if you were actually watching this video, you've seen like a thousand times now how every time you die. <clears throat> you pick from this tray of classes. Then. Right, right. So there are four basic classes, which is like, there's like sniper guy, there's assault, heavy, mm -hmm. and officer, who we call Ossifer. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the buff so, guy. Right, and he has like a turret or whatever. <clears throat> but so there's the basic classes. Then as you kill enemies in the battle or whatever, you you gain points and the points can be used to purchase uh, like middle tier guys or else vehicles or the points can kind of be saved up to be a hero or a boss guy which are the, uh, the like their lightsaber guys characters. yeah like the main characters of Star Wars like Luke Skywalker and Anakin Skywalker or, you know those type of guys so, with, the with the lightsaber right so you know there's like 20 players on each side a bunch of them are those basic trooper guys then there's like the middle tier of there's like so the classes are enforcer infiltrator uh, aerial I think that's the three middle yeah. tier classes and then there's the hero guys so there's different tiers of of like player power and it it creates kind of like an interesting ecosystem in the game where there's each game kind of has a mini economy kind of like League of Legends where in League of Legends the team that starts out getting the kills gets their upgrades quicker so that team kind of becomes more powerful through their success in the game in that particular round. Didn't Call of Duty have that too? Where um, you get your bombs Right, so stuff? yeah, in Call of Duty, as you like gain kills, you can drop a, like an airstrike or whatever. So it's, yeah, it's, it's cool to, oh, but so what Call of Duty, well maybe some, I don't know, I haven't played a Call of Duty in a long time, but in Star Wars there's like the classes and the points go toward the classes so it's it's just cool to you know you you gain some points and then you 
be a bigger class and you can do more in the fight. Or yes, yeah, there's more to it than that. I'm trying to think how to say it. Because you, you were saying how it, it creates this, uh, it changes the battlefield because when you're one of those, those little guys, just a generic trooper, and then one of those saber guys comes, the saber guy can block all your bullets and kill you with two strikes. Then one one of those middle middleweight guys come. Uh-huh. That he can his uh gun power or his ability to get away from you is usually much better than yours. So he should have like a relatively easier time killing you. So the way this changes the battlefield is depending on what class you're playing you strategize more which uh, fights you want to take, if you're just going to try to flee at the sight of the saber guy, if you're going to try to take down the saber guy while he's like taking down someone else, like how fast you could take down the middleweight guy if he's surrounded kind of by lightweight guys. Right, right, and it it just creates a lot of kind of interesting or nice dynamics. Yeah, more like evaluating that you're doing when you're making decisions in the game. You're not just evaluating on the basics basis of like cover or where the objective is but like kind of what what uh your power and your chances in the fight in front of you right right and and then you know there's a lot of like where three or four little trooper guys might be able to take down a lightsaber guy if they're positioned well yeah 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 and and it, it provides you more uh it's like more highlight reel stuff where right and the, you when know, you just like kill the aerial guy who has like two rocket launchers where he could dodge away from you at the touch of a button at the touch of like three buttons at any time and you take him down you 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 uh make fun of him right <laughs> right him yeah 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 or the like saber guy the saber guy you manage like melee oh, right. down despite the yeah, fact yeah. that he can slice you right down. and so the saber guys start with like seven or eight hundred HP and the trooper guys start with 150 <laughs> so you know when you kill a lightsaber guy in a 1v1 you, it's, it's really awesome just to teabag that guy <laughs> because like such a stupid thing happened in the game it adds, I guess it adds all these power dynamics, that's what it is, and they're all right, like interesting, right. kind of like fun, amusing, or punishing power dynamics, and that's like a great kind of different right, nexus right. to be playing and with on, yeah, yeah. on the and field. If you, so they recently made a really strange, interesting change in Battlefront, where in, in Capital Supremacy, so, you know, each, I mentioned that as you play the game you you gain points for like kills and objectives and stuff and they recently changed the cost for the middle tier um classes like the enforcer and the infiltrator so like the enforcer is like a a wookie warrior or whatever and you know the infiltrator these sneaky guys but they recently change the cost of those middle tier guys to be 10% of what it was. So they used to cost, like an enforcer used to cost 2,000 in-game points, now they cost 200 in this capital supremacy mode. And it, it, it really profoundly changed the game. Oh yeah, yeah. Well first we gotta explain why, so in the, before, like when we started playing, 
hardly anyone played these like middleweight guys, middle cost guys, because right, so. what you wanted to do is save up your points and buy the expensive saber guy. Right, then only right. two, four saber guys. No, There's two four team. saber guys per team. Per team allowed on the field. Right. So when one dies, his slot becomes open. And if you happen to be selecting your character at that time and you have the 4,000 points, you can pick him. So everyone would save up. Hoping, right, right. Hoping so, that they would be right. Dealt so that the card. fights would mostly be those lightsaber guys, and then a few middle tier guys from those players who spent, you know, a lot of their points on those middle tier guys, and it'd be mostly troopers. Yeah. So when but now they, that the middle right, tier they guys made are the cheap. change to like the the in game mini economy or whatever you want to call it to where the middle tier guys are cheap, so it made it so. The map is just filled with these middle tier guys. Yeah, and that was probably what they wanted, or it right, probably was right. a good change because. Right, I, th I think it is a good change. The it saber guy was like a god because it was literally just like the saber guy against all the right. weakest, oh, lowest level <laughs> troops. Yeah, just sorry for one second. Like I feel like that's what a huge part of the joy of this stupid Star Wars game is that. It really is just like the movie where the lightsaber guy comes upon like a team oh, yeah, of yeah. seven or ten stormtroopers or he robots. Just them. Right, he just <laughs> he just blow. destroys them. Like he he deflects all their l laser bullets yeah, so they yeah. shoot themselves. Then he starts chopping their heads off. And they're done. Right, it's like a really it's a it's an entertaining game just <laughs> to kind of like look at and. And, like, at the beginning of the map, when there's the 20 stupid robots or the 20 stormtrooper guys kind of, like, rushing forward, it's, like, a kind of hilarious scene. Yeah, yeah, it really right. is. But, but, yeah, speaking to that game economy change they made, it, it made it a much more interesting game because then the maps were filled with the middle-tier guys. Who have an easier time taking right. on both the saber guys and the... And low the low-level guys. guys, so... So it made it more dangerous to be a lightsaber guy because mm -hmm. if you played badly, instead of having stormtroopers with weak weapons shooting at you, instead there's like a rocket launcher guy and yeah. like an assassin and a yeah. clone commando yeah. guy with grenades or whatever who could kind of... You know, they're not going to beat the lightsaber guy in a one versus one unless there's like a huge skill gap, but... Two or three, the, especially they'll rip like, him down. They'll right, rip especially him down more really than fast. two middle tier classes can defeat those, you know, lightsaber guys just really quick. So it's, <laughs> I guess, it's interesting that even in this time that we've been playing, which is like less than a month, they made kind of a cool change. Like yeah, that. yeah, not not an objectionable change at all. You had it. You had to be kind of like irrational to play those middle tier guys before. Because right. Or you were someone like like I'm so bad as the lightsaber guy that I just like ah oh, whatever I'll just spend my points on like him. But if you actually considered yourself like a decent self respecting player, it was irrational not to save up and try to like be Anakin and like right, save fifty right. drones and or something. Right. There's there's other like kind of smaller game like really specific granular game mechanics that that kind of would influence your decisions but when you're a middle tier guy you gain half the amount of points for doing anything oh. as as a 
as like a stormtrooper, right? So you get like a hundred points for a kill as specialist, as as a a basic soldier, and you only gain fifty as a middle tier guy. How so much do you gain as a saber guy? It's less. It's like less. Twenty five. Right. I I don't remember. Like maybe oh, <laughs> on the screen. Right. That. Right. So. But yeah, the lightsaber guys get even less points for kills than the middle tier guys. So, yeah. you know, in the old, with the way the old system was where the middle tier enforcer type classes were more expensive, I was constantly doing this kind of like minor calculus where I knew you gained less points as that guy. And I wasn't even sure if I was getting twice as many kills as a middle oh, yeah. tier guy uh-huh. as a low tier guy. But I was figuring, like, if I spend 2,000 on this guy, and I. Will I still have 4,000 left over given the, like, Possibly lower of amounts the points of points I'm yeah, about to yeah. gain? So I was always trying to plan it so that I would have enough points in case a lightsaber guy was available. Opened up, yeah. Right, so for that reason, I would often not want to play a middle-tier guy just so I didn't have to, like, jump through those mental hoops. I could just play a low-tier guy yeah, and, yeah. and, and hope that amass points up. and then have, like, a bunch of points for those lightsaber guys when they opened up. So, you know, they made a change to get more middle tier guys onto the battlefield and it it did improve the game so i don't know that's just kind of cool i guess um yeah okay so we got a couple different things to talk about here but just because we've been watching it so long this game i was so delighted the first time we played here because it has the same (laughs) idiotic it's really dumb it's really dumb but it's so much fun these like tunnel like kill box scenarios here oh, and it's like right, this game right. during the second part of capital <laughs> supremacy it really like exalts in them like it loves it loves this kind of play where i think in eso they call them kill boxes where there's like the tunnels of the oh, castle like a funnel for the yeah funnel. Player characters. <laughs> and then in eso people would try to hit them with siege weapons hit that tunnel with siege weapons or like various other things to ensure that any player that sets foot in there will be dead thus, right right thus the and kill box. everybody kind of sits on one side of it looking at the <laughs> yeah, enemy. looking at the enemy. So here you could see this is, like, actually about to happen here. Well, ma- I don't right. know, maybe you're not going to move. But here is, like, the engine room or whatever that you have to either defend Oh, we or just successfully defended the Oh, yeah, room. yeah. So then there's, like, all these tunnels <laughs> leading to it. So then your main, if you're defending it, your main goal, your goal is to keep the enemies out of these tunnels using whatever methods are available to you. Uh, it's 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 so like it's so idiotic to sit right, there it's, blasting. Yeah, that. yeah, and so you know, there's like explosions, and then there's like the more powerful blasters, and there's just something so just stupid and fun about like sending explosions into a pack of eight players. Okay. Oh, here's what I here's what I was I was trying to think why this was fun and why this was like so funny. First of all, it can make you win the game or lose the game. Oh, right. Like, your performance at the, like, yeah, worst yeah. game thing but it's, it, Yes, it's <laughs> not just your performance at it. It's all these, like, more subtle things that, where, like, if you... 
if there's 50 enemies storming this tunnel, right? And you're one of the 50 defenders on the other side. <laughs> and you sit there and you're like, oh, I got to take these guys down. And they, like, kill you a couple times and you keep returning to this tunnel because you're so fixated on the idea of, like, busting some of these guys down. And then <laughs> the enemies start streaming in through. And there are often situations where, like, the whole team will become fixated on a particular tunnel. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny to even talk about, but it's true. Like the whole team will become like right, right. obsessed with getting with yeah, a particular like people tunnel. stop trying to take the alternative routes to just jam the yeah, guy yeah, into yeah. the fattest. And tunnel. then that can make you lose if the if the other team is just sneaking in some other tunnel that like nobody has even looked at in a long time, or if you're not sneak if you're attacking if you're not sneaking in that alternative <laughs> tunnel and like you see guys there'll be like 60 guys running to cram themselves like in the same kill box when there's like four other tunnels they could go to so that's one funny thing about it i think the other funny thing is that when you're playing on either side of these tunnels like you have to make yourself believe that you're somehow smarter and more effective <laughs> than the poor little pathetic guys on the other side of the tunnel and like that in and of itself is like a hilarious and idiotic concept but it's kind of true too right and and the sides do win yeah they and do occasionally win. the guys will kind of push through the tunnel in this like overwhelming way yeah and it's always enjoyable whether you're like part of that stupid wave or you're the one being run over or yeah, getting like yeah. steamrolled. It's, so it's it's so it's so cute because if, if you imagine like going to a college and like taking one class and then taking the class next to them and like dividing them, sitting them on opposite sides and then like egging them on to think that <laughs> they're better than this other like random group of people at this like particular thing and then both of them really believe it and <laughs> like right right oh yeah so it's like a battle kind of like of explosives and precision i would say when you're in these tunnels those are like the right things that make and people win it's or lose. it's also interesting because Despite, like, what I was saying earlier about how you don't contribute very much to, like, winning or losing, it's still true in this particular Star Wars game, in Capital Supremacy, but most modes, it's generally true that the side that's doing a better job at killing the other side wins, and I feel like that's a big part of what, what can make, like, the two groups genuinely believe, like, themselves to be better than the oh, enemies yeah. because there's enough of an element of where if you and your side are generally killing the other guys and they're not really killing you like you're gonna yeah. win that game yeah so th they really do a good balance of it being like a mindless stupid zerging game yeah <laughs> And yeah. one where if There's you just kind of like, right, or if you just kind of do better, or you kind of like use the cover better, or, or you or take, play smarter. right, you take yeah. alternative tunnels, or you kind of like have more explosives, so you let them fill the areas that you're blowing up, or whatever it is, you still will kind of like win if you are doing better. So it's, it's, it's got like a nice balance of all those kind of things that, that make it like feel good to play or fun to play or something. I want to hear 
if anyone listens to this, I want to hear if there are people who hate those tunnels. Like, I feel oh, like right. everyone there is having, like, a ball. I'd love <laughs> to hear if someone actually hates right. like, that idiotic, like, well, joke. I was play. thinking, like, playing that I, I do feel like I have a better time in the um, territory control part of oh, the Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that if you get kind of into that mode enough, those tunnels can be a little like tiresome or like to know that you're getting put into the even zergier tunnel mode when you've been having a good time and like capturing yeah, points yeah. and stuff and kind of like sneaking around i don't so, i don't disagree with that that it can be <laughs> less fun than other things but it right I'm but it's a lot of fun right right uh, yeah it is like it is really fun and if you can kind of just like engage with it and it's like it's gonna be a good time so. <laughs> so another turning on this particular game star wars we were completely gobsmacked with the sheer amount of game modes and ways you could play this game more so than any other game. Okay, so you can play this capital supremacy mode, which is what we play most of the time when we play. Then, if you're a, a Christmas noob like us, your your characters all start out at level zero. So, if you want to be one of those saber guys, you're gonna just like fall flat on your face here until you figure out what his skills actually do. Right, or even the fact that you can like block, block and how he dodges, right, all that right. kind of stuff. So. How can you level up, being a noob, how can you level up one of your saber guys? Well, this game offers so many different avenues for doing that. Like, when we were first playing, I was like, oh my god, I'm never going to learn this saber guy. I'm never going to want to be him. I just die instantly. I don't know what any of this crap does. So you can play in that 4 versus 4 heroes mode where everybody is a hero and all you're doing is battling four other heroes, which right. is kind of cool but that has like the problems of the pre-made groups and stuff so it's still going to be kind of like a punishing place to learn then this game gives you single player modes right there's there's a single player well there's a campaign we yeah. haven't even tried that, Touch that yeah. right there's like an arcade mode but there's there's a ton of PvP modes you didn't mention oh so yeah yeah okay yeah go over there's the there's PvP galactic modes. assault which is is like a objective based 40 man pvp thing we didn't have quite as good a time in there but i don't know we might play it some more i suppose but then there's smaller scale like eight versus eight maps and so they call those strikes slash extractions um and those ones because they're <coughs> smaller like you your your performance and your ability to get right the right objectives I, right can make a much bigger those, right those were a lot in a, in some ways they were a lot funner than capital supremacy because in an eight versus eight most of the fights you're gonna have are like a one versus one or like you know two yeah, guys yeah. around whereas in that 40 man mode you're gonna just spawn in and just bite the dust right sometimes. right and like you'll be fighting guys but there will be two other guys looking at you from another angle who can just shoot you down yeah so the smaller scale fights are like I'd say they're a little more, like, skill-intensive, Yeah, more I guess. controlled, too. Right, and so, you know, those are fun. Um, I feel like it was easier to do better in those, just because you faced less, like, random deaths and stuff. Oh, yeah. But then there's there was the 4 versus 4, four, versus four heroes, and then there was also um, 
the spaceship, the spaceship mode, mode right? yeah, which, which we didn't we, get to. Yeah, answer. we didn't really do very much of that. But, but if space games are your thing, I don't know, I guess I'd like to hear from someone who space games are their thing if it's actually good in Star Wars. Right. I <coughs> I feel like it was at least decent, you know, yeah, like yeah. it was we played it was at least on the level of Starlink's space battles. Maybe yeah. even better. Yeah, I think it was probably better. Right. Than and then there was also hero space mode. So like a smaller scale space battle. So oh. there was like a ten it was either eight versus eight or ten versus ten spaceships. But then there was a four versus four spaceships. Yeah, I, I can't even believe a, how many game modes we've talked right. about at this point, and there's like still so right, many. There more. was a two versus two heroes mode, which maybe would be better suited for us, because then at least we wouldn't go against a four man pre made <laughs> as a yeah. two man pre made. But you know, then whatever happened would be completely our fault, and like losing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, completely right. my fault, probably. So, again, more game modes. I feel like than oh, any other there game. Oh, there was but a co op mode too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to get around to. So to practice our saber guys, we we were trying to look for a way that we could play together without having to necessarily play other players, it, just to get a feel for their skills and level them up a little bit. And there's like a split screen co-op mode. Oh right, well, okay, so technically that's split screen arcade. Split screen arcade. And then there's a co-op mode as well, that's a different mode. Remember that? Oh, it was yeah. like a four-man co-op, and you had to conquer map objectives against huge waves of enemies. Remember oh, yeah, I was going to say I was gonna say about that, because this is like a downfall here, too, and with Battlefield Five. Okay, if you go to the, the co-op or multiplayer PvE in right. Star Wars, like, you are not going to meet with success there, because anyone decent at the game is playing the PvP, so then when we would like attempt to try this mode, we wouldn't even get a full group. Like sometimes there were right, so few right. people we wouldn't even get a full group and it was pretty much impossible to beat it to right. win. I, I'd say it was balanced around there being four competent players. Yeah, right? it was balanced around there being four competent players. And then the only people queuing into this mode were like complete right. new complete straight off the ground. Who were like as zero. bad as us on the first day we logged yeah, in. Yeah. And they would kinda like Remember how we, the first mode we actually tried in Star Wars was the co-op. Oh, yeah. And yeah. remember we kind of queued into it and, like, died a few times, and then a couple minutes passed and it said defeat. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? that's and, right. And we had no, we were just, we were in the character selection screen looking everything over and, like, trying to figure out what the crap was and who we wanted to be, and then up right. on the screen flash is, like, defeat. Right, oh, right. And, yeah. That was the game. Yeah, and it was funny because we were queuing into this co-op mode and we could see the same exact thing happening to these other players yeah yeah where they kind of didn't quite know what was going on they died a few times and then it says defeat, defeat yeah so it's like a completely not a non-workable or non-successful game mode right and it it kind of sucks too because i feel like if they kind of fix that up it could be something that that would be a lot of fun but they, for like they can't guys. fix it because I mean I would I would like to do it I thought it was fun but it can't be fixed because as soon as you get a taste for killing <laughs> you just go over to the PvP but I was trying to say Battlefield 5 was the same way 
Remember we tried to queue into some PvE? Oh, uh, no I, one would even join right, our group. Right. I it was balanced it was, for four yeah, players. Yeah, it was really difficult, the Battlefield 5 PvE. It was so difficult. you would... It was... So, it... It's interesting because I thought that actually was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, but I enjoyed it too. It, but then it you was get a little slapped bit like Ghost Recon, where you kind of had to go slow and like as two guys kind of sneaking, you could defeat most of the enemies. Yeah, we got to the end of it. Right, like, but three then or at the times. end they would they would put like forty Germans to come kill you, and <laughs> as, unless like as two little guys, you were able to like outgun forty. AI oh yeah, opponents. it would say like wait for extraction, and then right, like forty right. Germans and would march right, up to and your position. We would kind of like live just a little bit until a point that we died, and then the mode would be over. And so it was like another. We tried thing it a couple times in Battlefield Five. I know it's not the most popular Battlefield game, but nobody even joined our freaking groups. Like right, no one was right. even queuing into that. So that's yeah. why I say like, once you get the taste for killing, you're not going to PVE. Right, right. But, but, <laughs> so if the PVE mode itself was like it didn't have those things that made it unplayable, it's hard to say how much fun it would be. What things? But. Though? So, <laughs> like, the fact that it's balanced for four competent players, like, it oh, could be dialed was, back to where it was possible for two. But if it was idiotically, might, like, easy, then nobody would want to play it either. Well, right, but it's just, like, when, you t when you're saying that, and so the PvP modes are, like, what they worked on, right? Yeah. It's like, it makes it just a losing proposition to ever put a PvE mode in a game. If, like, the players... Once they get their taste for killing, right, right, saying. like you know, I, I don't know, I'm no, not saying anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I don't know, I don't, I, I'm trying to think what would get players in there, and the simple answer is like some kind of a reward, and like no, there's not some kind of a reward other than basic leveling, I guess. Right, but well, there's like a reward, but there's whether the mode like works on its own oh yeah know? but i think it would have i think it would have been a fun mode if okay like if what if the amount of competence that we have now playing the game after 20 days if we were in that pve with two other guys of equal to our competence i think i would have enjoyed the game i would have mm -hmm. certainly enjoyed it in battlefield too like i didn't think there was a problem with the actual mode it was challenging i thought both of them were like challenging engaging mm -hmm. you had to like watch yourself uh, yeah, I guess that's true enough that, but, <laughs> so, I mean, so you're saying that if we just had four players... Yes, but I'm saying those players, they want to get, get into the PvP. Okay. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, like, I think that's just, like, kind of natural and par for the course, then the only people queuing into that PvE aren't, like, sure what's going on, they're, like, frightened of the PvP, they're right, trying to figure right. out how the or game works, so it's, like, a self-fulfilling prophecy that... Right, right, and it... What kind of sucks about that is... The description in Star Wars for the... Or wait, was it bad? No, it was a Star Wars. So the description for the co-op is to go against, like, AI enemies. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if they even made it to be just four AI enemies who had the same rules as you yourself did. Four good bots? Like four, four. bots, essentially. That, 
that it would have been a better experience than what it is, which is like a huge zerg. It's of funny bots. that you're saying that because we would have loved to play a heroes four man against bots just to figure right, out how right. those freaking heroes work right, in exactly. a slightly and like low they don't, Right, mode. they don't actually have a mode where much like in For Honor they had this. Like where well, you just program us more bots. Right. Where you had bots. where you had bots to go against. And it's like the same mode except with bots. So yeah, in yeah, Star Wars the co op is it's a different mode because there's like many bots and it's not a situation you would ever kinda like face in the actual PvP. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it's it's weird just because like those different parameters being what they are also really change like the experience of of the little guy playing the game or whatever. We're trying to write some Star Wars battlefield <laughs> bot fan fiction. In the first stage of Capital Supremacy, there's these little bots. So anyway, maybe we'll get that done. <laughs> Check that out if we do. It should be good perspective of a bot. Oh yeah, so no, I wanted to finish finish gabbering about these game modes, then we'll be pretty much done and talk about this controller. So they actually had all these really cool split screen game modes. Oh right. So split screen split arcade. Screen I arcade. mean there I think there are actually so many other game modes in this particular Star Wars game that I'm not even Right and I into. even I kinda got curious about Battlefront 1, because this is like Battlefront 2. Oh, yeah, But, yeah. you know, I don't even know if there's still, like, servers or if people play it or what, but I kind of got curious, because when you see just, like, how much junk there is in Star Wars Battlefront 2, oh, yeah, it yeah, makes you curious saying. about, like, whatever's going on in Battlefront 1. So one way we discovered that we could practice and learn about these heroes and their skills and stuff is playing the split screen mode on like one of our accounts with the other person being like the split screen buddy and then you don't actually get to play or at least as far as we know there isn't like we're talking about against other heroes who are bots but you do get to play against uh, uh, low level well, right. drone I, it, bots it is just like a strange kind of shuffle mode where you yeah. went on a a short map and there were like enemies to kill and you got to choose a guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so we faced with the prospect of having to use the PlayStation controller a nightmare. We've got another one of these scuff controllers <laughs> which if you saw our website we hated the scuff controllers we bought before. Right. We, we sold them on scuff eBay. Impact. We had scuff impact. They were awful. I don't have <laughs> any good thing to say about them at all. Um so we we couldn't hook up another like elite to the same PlayStation nor afford another elite so we looked we looked to scuff yet again wait let me try it where's the camera here let's show this so this is <laughs> what is this scuff vantage scuff vantage one. one and this was like on sale I guess this was like some kind of a Christmas box they put together for the holidays and they included like these domed thumbsticks and all this stuff that's like a really expensive add-on or they want like 20 bucks extra for it so john was playing with this when we were playing split screen hold on i wanna i wanted to i wanted to shake this controller this is the sound of a scuff <laughs> you can't oh yeah there now you can right. hear it yeah, i hear it the the wobble the wobble of the scuff the, the, the 
rattle. The rattle of the ska. (laughs) So this thing, okay, it's definitely better than the Vantage, or I mean, it's better than the Impact. Better than the Impact, right? For the mere fact that they finally put the freaking left thumbstick in in an ergonomic position. I think they call it like an asymmetrical layout where. The left thumbstick is high up on the controller, and the right thumbstick is low on the controller. Yeah, we talked about in that review, but that position of the PlayStation Joy... Not the Joy-Con, the what's it called? The DualShock right. thumbstick is just freaking wrong. It's wrong. It's not ergonomic. Right. It's, it's painful, and then <laughs> that other scuff... They're still selling that scuff on the website. The Impact? The Impact. Oh, and it's right. like It's so absurd, because here they're presenting you with this product... That's like inferior, and then they sell you the slightly superior one that like at least has the thumbstick in the right place. It's like, which one is, <laughs> what like what are you saying with that, you know? But anyway, so that was an improvement. Now you actually played with this controller, so uh, right. only once I should say. Right, only, only once. once so far. I mean, it. So first of all, oh, the paddles are still right. Hard so to hit. well, there's a lot. When you're talking about something like this, there's so many different things you kind of could talk about. So the first thing oh, is you gotta go close to the okay. Light. The first thing is it it's kind of flat in the hand, which is like nice. But yeah, I have small hands, but uh, I thought that was nice. But it it has the same problems as the scuff impact, which we kind of wrote about, like what we hated or whatever. But oh yeah, the, show those uh, paddles right, to the so, webcam. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you can see that if you're looking. But anyway, the paddles are so stiff. Like I'm clicking them now. You can hear this clack. But hold up to the mic. Yeah, yeah, right, that's right. the sound so we the described paddles, as the parrots right, fighting over the, pa- the plastic cup. Yeah, yeah, there. but it's, it's, not, it's not as bad as on the impact. I'll not say. as bad, yeah, Right, yeah. but it's really stiff, and another thing I'll say is, so the paddles are stiff, that's not good, because, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> depending on what game you play, and so, you know, the paddles are like square, triangle, OX, so if you're pressing these things and you're pressing it a lot because of how stiff it is, it's just like asking for a powerful tunnel and like to hurt yourself. Yeah, it requires too much pressure. Right, it's Same so much like pressure the, the and impact. it's, you know, it's hard to describe something like this. You have to feel it. But on the Xbox Elite controller, you know, you can almost like feather it with your finger and, and it responds. It registers right, right. the input. It's like right. a miraculous amount of responsiveness. Compared yeah, to yeah. Those and so, things. right. So, you know, like that, it's funny because this Vantage is a huge improvement over the Scuff Impact. But if I could have asked them to make one and only one improvement, it would have been to make the paddles take a light touch. And they don't. But, uh, so other stuff, um, you know, it's, it's easy to get spoiled by the Xbox, but, um, on the Xbox, just everything feels so, like, nice. It feels, like, better than on this, this Yeah, and this, as you could feel from the rattle, or you could hear from the rattle. Right. It just feels like a plastic piece of junk. I saw people when I was... I, because they have like Vantage 2 and this is like Vantage 1 this one was deeply on sale and I saw people on Reddit talking about 
how easily their their scuffs have broken and like all the problems with like the firmware or something. Uh-huh. So it's possible that even though we don't plan to use this controller every day, we're in for issues with right, it too. Right. But oh, but so they they have these nice side buttons, which like I would like that on the Xbox. So that's one thing the scuff has. But you know, I think these side buttons were like a big time upsell that were just part of the deal because oh yeah yeah right like these the might Christmas cost thirty dollars more. Um. Oh, but so on the Xbox everything is really like easily removable and the parts at the joints and the places where you would remove a piece right or like on this scuff you can take out the sticks similarly to on the xbox and on the xbox everywhere there's kind of like a moving part or a detachable part it's it's like rock solid yeah and it, yeah. it kind of magnetically clicks Ma- it in magne- place it's so with sweet metal right <laughs> And on the scuff, it's these really, like, I guess chintzy is the right word, because it's like little globs of plastic in awkward shapes, and the the paddles aren't removable, and if you move it at all, like, I'm moving it right now, it feels like it's going to break. So and according to know. people on Reddit, it does break. Right, yes. it does break. They and also, they, people were saying like fragile as glass. Right, and another there. thing that I noticed <coughs> right away is so on the Xbox controller, they have what they call a trigger lock, which it makes it so that the press distance of the trigger is shorter, which means if you're playing like a first-person shooter, and because it it it's locked it'll click down faster faster yeah so you could if you're like spamming the r2 button yeah trying and in to games shoot where oh what was that other game we were playing where we were like these little floating pieces of garbage <laughs> remember and you could you had to like continue advancing or your game ended two other people played with us one time oh Risk of rain. Oh, risk of I rain. Yeah. Called, right? If you're playing like a little game where you have to basically be light attacking or like R two constantly over, and over, over right. and over, that trigger guard is like the best right, purple right. tunnel it, reliever yeah, yeah, of all right. time. It's like amazing. Right. It makes a game like that like a pleasure to play. Yeah, or you know maybe not a pleasure, <laughs> but at least a little Playable. less painful. Yeah, yeah. Right. So anyway, on the Xbox, the trigger locks or trigger guards or whatever you want to call it are controlled by a switch on the back and when it's you like a little nub, a right, little metal nub when you, you push. when you toggle the switch you can really feel it's like this nice mechanical movement what occurred, yeah. and then the trigger that's already like really buttery smooth it locks really nicely so you know that's like that's nice product or nice design whatever you want to call it but then on this scuff for the same system <laughs> They have these weird little, um, boy, I'm not sure how to describe these things. It's a rotating piece of plastic about a quarter inch long. Look at that to see if I, am I getting it here? I don't think there's any way to really show that. Right, it's a little little rotating piece of plastic and it's like, sometimes as a kid you'd have a toy with like a little plastic tab that you would, you would like, you know, wiggle it back and forth until it snapped off, and that's <laughs> literally what these things are. And so you rotate it, and it creates like a little 
mechanical scrap of plastic that, that oh my the, god okay that so impedes right the i was just the trying R2. That's right, what it, it impedes the movement of the r2 so it is like a trigger guard and i was just playing with it and it auto it, it wasn't completely <laughs> up and down so it actually stopped working or maybe i'm using it wrong i don't know but anyway it's just this really like like that's the one thing when I first saw it on this controller. That you couldn't believe. Right, and this thing was on sale for 150 bucks, and so. You but know, just the 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 Vantage Two with all like these add-ons would be way right, more. Right, at least good. 250, yeah. if not more. So yeah, I don't know, like, and then well, I can't it, it just feels so breakable. Like I want to just break this, touching it right now. We got this thing only to play some split-screen games, and then it, John was the one who ended up having to use it, but having used it once, he didn't even ever want to use it oh, again. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's being compared to, like, the Xbox Elite, yeah, and yeah. by the way, there's an Xbox Elite 2 oh, yeah, now, I like, I don't know if we'll ever afford that, no. hopefully not. I mean, ours are still perfect, other than, like, your right, little like, hand grip peeled off Right, a like, bit. two years on. I'm not gonna, like, replace something I'm actually perfectly happy with. Right, right. Knock but on wood, <laughs> it doesn't break. Right, but, you know, I don't think this... If this scuff was the only thing there was, it would probably be better than that impact. Like, yeah, it yeah, is definitely preferable to the scuff impact, but it's still just it's so far off of what's in that Xbox Elite that it's it's like it's almost a shame that Oh yeah, so we we just appended a scuff vantage review to the end of this Star Wars thing. Oh, we right. spent like an hour talking about yeah, other games, yeah. but I think that's about it. Um, if you if you're a console gamer, curious about smart controllers, you could take a look at our original thing on the website, kind of comparing the scuff and the, the scuff impact to the Xbox Elite. To the Xbox Elite. Elite. Right. We love that Xbox Elite. Uh, right, that thing <laughs> it's funny because that thing is so good that it was making me like consider for computers like a Microsoft computer. Oh. <laughs> Even though yeah, I yeah. know that's probably just a terrible idea. And like Microsoft software, if you compare it to like Google, it's if just not you, there. If you're a console person and you're considering switching to one of these though, oh my gosh, like learning to use those paddles. I now don't oh, touch right. the face buttons at right. all. Like if you go in a game that you regularly play, that you're like good at like a game you're like good at and you go in with one of these controllers for the first time you will be like astonished at what overcomes you as a person because it's like being like a little baby again and like your brain oh, can't right, like make the right. connection you, is terrible. right it's it's so different to play with these pro controllers yeah yeah like if you, yeah. it it's really good too like it if you if you're playing a game on console without one of these pro controllers and and the game okay so you don't actually need a pro controller if you if you don't have to use the right thumbstick right oh yeah because the, what these pro controllers actually do is they allow you to continue to touch your right thumbstick while pressing face buttons yeah so you know like there's a lot of games like monster hunter where you need to press O and square during combat right or like any game where you need to press a face button 
and use the right thumbstick is a game right is a game where the pro controller is just gonna it'll change your life yeah yeah and then in a lot of like pvp games when you take your thumb off this to hit a face button off this right thing to hit a face button you're no longer moving right and you're no longer looking and it's it's like a big mental shift to to go from using the right thumbstick 100% of the time, looking, moving your guy, to where if you're using the face buttons and you have to take your thumb off of the right thumbstick, you're almost like not using it anymore. Yeah. You're like swapping, yep. you're changing state. You're like, and you know, it might only be for like 200 milliseconds, yeah. you know? But those 200 milliseconds, if you're pressing the face buttons, they really add up to the to the point that you're not even using your right thumbstick nearly as as like much as you would. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm saying, trying to do something you know with that new controller, it's it's an unusual learning process to have as an adult. Oh right, I recommend right. It. It really yeah, yeah, yeah. It stretches the brain. Right, <laughs> right, say. and it shows you how how like stagnant your brain really can be <laughs> <laughs> so anything else you want to say about this game we're having a great time with this game i have to admit i don't see us stopping playing it anytime soon although john always gets bored of games faster than me because he gets better at them faster <laughs> than me but uh yeah let us know what you like about it other games you want to recommend right stuff and we missed yeah it's always a joy to we bought Star Wars for like less than five dollars. This oh, was like wow. a game that was like four ninety nine or three ninety nine or something. And to be able to kind of have so much fun and like yeah, enjoy we've already it. had so much fun. Right, right. It's it's always great to kind of get a game for for almost like no money. You know, when when you think of how games cost like sixty dollars. Oh yeah, I didn't. I meant to talk about this, but. Now I'm just adding and babbling, but I wanted to say another thing I liked about this game is I feel like there's like a couple different you you go you're on the ground capturing objectives in Capital Supremacy, then you go to the spaceship. But I feel like I like those maps on the ground. I feel like there's like a lot to them, and there's a lot to observe about the relationship between the different points. Um, oh right, that yeah I I feel like. One of the things that's really great about this Star Wars game is that as you play it, your kind of like skills and abilities are always increasing to the point where after you've played on these maps a few times, you start to see what parts of the maps are good and like yeah, yeah. how to engage with the map and like what yeah, points what part, you want to hold can and, hold and, cover right, and where you can see the enemies from like these vantages. And then, you know, you're, like, improving at your ability to, like, shoot the enemies and spot them, but it's it's funny, too, because we've never quite, like, played one of these games where, you know, like, how often have we played a PvP game enough that, say, like, in Battlefield, where we would actually begin to learn one of the maps, but, like, in Star Wars, there's yeah, six we, maps. We have begun to learn them. Right, we've played them a little more, and now that we've played each map, you know, at least five times or whatever, mm -hmm. we can start 
learning what the map is and like what's on there and what the features are and how to use the cover and like what is cover in the context of this game and so on you know yeah yeah that's true it's it's true what you say but i still assert and maybe after we play more games i would take it back but i still assert there's a little more to think about in these maps as far as like uh the strategy well I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm thinking about Battlefield Five, which we did play long enough that like that map with the train station and stuff right. is like, I, like I still like remember it. But uh-huh. I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. It, well, all I'm saying is that it's nice when you get to know the map a little bit more to feel like you can strategize and oh, right. change right. it, and even as a single player right, for that, the whole team. But yeah, that's like, when you start to really get good at the game, you're like controlling every aspect yeah. of what's going yeah. on, or you're at least aware of it. But, you know, like, how often do you, like, just think of, like, all the time we've spent playing games or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, 95% or more of that you're moving through this game environment that you don't know like at all yeah it's yeah, just that's like completely true. you actually know nothing about it you're moving your little man like forward or through somehow you don't like you don't have any like mental model of what yeah, yeah. what's going on or what the different areas are or anything so we forgot to talk about Bubble Boy, so hopefully we can just get a compilation video together oh, right. doing melee kills <laughs> with the bubble on, and it'll, it'll right. speak for I, itself. I, so. Yeah, I think, I don't know if anyone will watch this, but I think in this video I probably was playing specialist fairly often mm-hmm. and using the bubble in melee, so I don't know. I. I also don't know if I was, like, doing good in this particular video Yeah, this might have been old, right? You probably uh, improved a bit. Oh yeah, I'm definitely better than I was here, but but I don't know. That's, there were sometimes I did okay. <laughs> there were some kills know. in there. Yeah, all yeah. right, cool. Okay, well, thanks for listening. If you actually listened to us all this time, I hope it was entertaining, thought provoking, and uh, not too boring. I hope the audio sounded all right, <laughs> <laughs> even though we both kept leaning away from the microphone. And uh, shoot us a comment or check out the website write to us yep we'll write back yeah all sounds great thanks thanks for listening bye